The Spark Report. Welcome to the Spark Report. John W. Davis and Pavi live on MLG Highlights as well as HMB Media. Pav, what's going on? How you feeling? Man, how you feeling? I'm feeling well. WNBA opening weekend is here and it's gone. It was great. We got six games. We got three on Saturday, three on Sunday. And I would say all of the games had exciting moments and a fair amount of them were competitive. I also really like the presentation, actually. Um, I think the presentation, I mean, outside of the fact, I think in the, in the Spartans broadcast, I think uh, it dipped out like twice, like later later in the um, second half. But I really like the presentation of it. The court looks nice. Um, the way it's shot looks nice. Um, I liked everything about it. I have really no complaints about anything. They made two courts, and they are essentially sound stages. I mean, they literally made the court a stage. The court is created to present basketball in the best light possible. And I think that's what they did. Looks great. Looks great to me. I have zero complaints about anything that happened. Looks great. I like that some of the coaches are mic'd up. Love yeah. to see that incorporated a little bit more in future broadcasts, being that only certain broadcasts will have their reporter. Seems like the ESPN ABC ones have access to Holly Rowe, but the CBS Sports ones and the other ones, I don't know if they're going to have access to a on-the-court reporter. So maybe – Piping in some more of that might be great. Maybe even miking up uh, a player. I think miking the- up a player would be dope. Um, yeah. You know, the way that uh, I think the NFL, I mean, I don't know if the NFL still does it, but they used to mic up players. Uh, I think miking up a player would uh, would um, be dope. But also, and it, I, it could even be a player on the bench, too. It doesn't have to be a starter. Yeah. But also, I like the concept of the fact that you can kind of hear what they're calling out on the court. I think that's probably the dopest thing about all of this. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're like a super, super basketball nerd, it's just hearing them communicate on the court. Because that's a part of the game that you usually wouldn't hear in like a normal stadium. You wouldn't hear the communication that goes on in the um, court. And just you you see how much communication really happens. Like so, But but with some gamesmanship, do you feel like teams are going to have to start changing their play calls? Or you just not, – not changing the play calls, but changing the names and trying to kind of throw each other off? And- maybe, but – at the maybe, but at the same time, when you get to a certain level of basketball, pretty much everybody runs the same thing, and you know what other teams run. It's about can you stop it? Like everything is on film, and I mean you can know the play, but you got to stop it. That's true. So well, I mean, yeah. So I mean, like yeah, to like you know a certain extent, you may switch up a play call here and there, and maybe you know throw somebody off a little bit. But I don't think you'll see too many people trying to like you know you know completely reinvent the wheel mainly just because like you got to stop it you can know everything but if you can't stop it so yeah if you're watching on youtube drop us a like let us know in the comment section what you think in the live chat if you have access to it or the comment section what you thought about WNBA opening weekend obviously this is a spark report so we focus focus first on the sparks and if we're talking about the sparks I would say there was about three or four. Well, I was going to say there was like three or four players that stood out to me, but honestly, it was about five or six. I mean, for me, honestly, the whole team stood out to keep it completely G with you. Um, That's I've true. Been, I've been like thinking about this. Um, it's maybe me going out on the limb, but that was as far as under Derek Fisher's tenure, that might be one of the best games I've ever seen him play. From top to bottom, it might be one of the best games I've seen a team play. And that third quarter arguably is the best quarter I've seen them play in general since I've been covering the Sparks. And that's my opinion. 
Well, you know, I always say the Sparks are a great third quarter team. So I feel like I've seen them play third quarters like that before. But overall, I agree with you. One of his best games, and it was like close at halftime too. So this okay. wasn't a blowout from the beginning. This yeah. was third quarter, fourth quarter, taking care of business up by 30 at one point, end up winning by 23. I think Phoenix scored nine points the whole third quarter, something like that. Eight. It was 30 eight. to eight. Yeah, 30, 30 to eight. That's one of the best performances I've seen them put forth in general in any game I've covered. Um, for them to come out like that first game of the season. Now, I've, again, first, first game of the season is what makes it more impressive because it's like everybody should technically be not ready. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be a little bit behind the eight ball. You should be bit. not ready, but again, the Sparks had – 11 or 12 players in camp for the basically the whole camp and they could play five on five when other teams had to scrimmage. I kept asking Derek Fisher about it. I'm like, you know, are you going to scrimmage? And he's just like, you know, I reached out to some teams, but they were already booked up and, you know, we're just going to scrimmage against ourselves. And there were a lot of people who were just going against what I tweeted and they were like, oh, Derek Fisher, he doesn't know what he's doing. They have to scrimmage. You can't just, you can't just, you can't just play. Yes. I think that's what it is. People people just don't like fish for non-basketball reasons. They have literally nothing to do with basketball. Well, no, no, no. And they also, there are, when you talk about the Sparks, people love Candace Parker. Yeah, but they started way before the Candace thing though. But, Hold on, but anything against Candace Parker, it's like it's like the Candace Parker hive. Okay, of course. This is this is like Beyonce for Candace Parker fans. Like you do something against Candace Parker, you say something bad against Candace Parker, they're done with you. So there's a lot of that too. But people do love to question Derek Fisher. Yeah, but this, I mean, he yeah. wasn't he was not successful with the Knicks. I mean, his first year ended unceremoniously with the Sparks. And then it capped off with the Candace Parker thing. Candace Parker told Nick Hamilton, she also told myself, that it took her time to repair that relationship, to even begin to repair that relationship. And she's asking for communication. So if they are going to communicate this year, and it sounds like that's what he's doing, because every time we ask him, he's like, oh, we want to keep Candace Parker healthy, we want to keep her healthy. And I'm really focused on these minutes. I'm really focused on this rotation. I'm really focused on these minutes. He said it over and over and over. And then, you know, he makes the analogy that in the first game in the NBA bubble, LeBron played 15 minutes. And he alludes to the fact that he's going to play some of his starters less than 20 minutes. And I put that out there and people are like, no, 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 he's not going to do, what is he doing? Why would he only play for 20 minutes? So you're right. It's anytime Derek Fisher says something, Somebody's got something to say about it because it's Derek Fisher. It started long before the Candace thing. The Candace thing didn't help at all, but it, it the, the Candace thing was like more icing on the cake for people who don't want to like Derek Fisher. But it started mm-hmm. long before it started long before that. Um, and I think he has it. And me, in even even when I watched last year, I didn't think that he did a bad job at all. I thought all things considered, with you know the fact that again. Maybe he was shocked by the fact that, you know, everybody doesn't come into camp, um, you know, on time in most years. That's true. Yeah. The, um, w. Also, Candace was hurt. You had people in and out of the lineup. I think one game, the game they played in Atlanta, they had, what, eight players? When they, when they yes. played down in Atlanta, they won. So it's like, with yes. all things considered, it being your first year in a new league, 
I thought he did a pretty good job. And he, he finished did, third. I thought he did a pretty good job. And like Connecticut was just a really good team. And there's no coaching that's going to stop you from getting out rebounded by 23. If you get no. out rebounded by 23, what you want me to do? And the Candace I can't thing, rebound for you. I can't right? rebound for you. And and again, the like Candace thing, Shanae was actually just playing better. In that mm-hmm. game, she was bringing a little bit more to the game. Now, granted, with that being Candace Parker, you have to communicate with your stars. Like, right. and and that's and and I can't speak for her. I don't know, but I feel like that's probably why she was upset about it because it's like, yo, if you want me to do something, let me know. Or like, if I'm not doing right. something, let me know. Don't right. just sit me down. Let yeah, me because, know. Yes, because Candace Parker believes that she can do anything on the court. We saw her become a primary ball handler in that game. We saw our guard, Brittany Griner, and make it difficult for her on a couple possessions. We saw her rebound. We saw her make a three. We saw her take the ball to the hoop. She did everything. She's a three-level scorer. She scored every single way you can score in a game and only play 20 minutes. Don't want to say that was also probably one of the better defensive performances that I've seen her put forth. That's what I'm saying. She that's what I'm saying. She was guarding Brittany Griner for a little Since bit. I've been watching every game now. I'm not, right. I don't know what happened in 2013, 2012, but that I've seen, yeah, that was one of the best defensive performances I've seen from her. But even like looking at her on the court, because you know, obviously we see them through Zoom, so we don't really get to like see them. She looks like she's in great shape. I don't think she was in this good of shape at all last year. No, she looks she like wasn't. she's in great shape. She wasn't because one thing that she said last year was after she came back from that injury from the hamstring she was like how come y'all didn't tell me i was overweight like during that time when she was off when she basically missed essentially half the season she said she lost about 20 pounds i can believe it she looks it and that was that was then that was last season so that was in the middle of the season she was able to lose 20 pounds and improve conditioning while being injured So not being injured this whole offseason, continuing to work on her balance and her strength and not traveling the last four months because no one was traveling, doing everything at home, being able to always have every resource that you have at home for rehab, always be able to be at home with your family, always be able to eat exactly what you want because you're either ordering it or cooking it. So all of those different things added up to a healthy and a happy Candace Parker and a healthy and happy Candace Parker is an MVP candidate to me. But I will give you props because you told me that like, oh, I can't ever see Candace Parker as an MVP because her teammate is Neka Agumake. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And what did Neka Agumake do? Didn't miss a shot and, and didn't miss and, a shot. And, let me let me run it down. So she played 23 minutes and 50 seconds. She scored 21 points, seven rebounds, two assists, one steal, had one turnover, made eight of eight from the field. So she made all her shots, including two of two from three, and made three free throws. Three out of three. Uh, not, I mean, go ahead. Sorry about that. Go she ahead. literally had a turnover. That was the only negative thing she did. And then the only other negative thing was when Brittany Sykes, 5'9", Brittany Sykes, blocked Brittany Griner, the whole team was shocked that somebody a foot shorter blocked somebody a foot taller. And so everybody was stunned and they froze, but NECA was the first one to try to get the ball after. Now, now. That was was it. 
Now, now the block people get their shots blocked all the time, so it's like that's whatever. But people Brittany Griner, get their but, shots but, blocked but, all but, the time. But but Brittany Griner got got it better than that. That 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 was <laughs> that nah yeah. nah 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 for it. That, that I'm I'm sorry, Brittany. No, I know right. you are a Hall of Famer. You for sure probably going to win basketball Hall of Fame. Right, you deserve to go. But that performance was abysmal. I'm sorry. But you know what? I'm, 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 I think I'm, 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 no. Look, I love I, Necker. I, I think, think that is one of go ahead. No, go ahead. I think Neck is one of the best players in the league. I love Neck. But some of the things she was doing to Brittany Griner in that game, Brittany, that's not supposed to happen. You six everything. Six everything, six nine. Yes, you sir. Like, you just six everything. That's that what what? <laughs> not supposed to happen. You go did she even have 10 rebounds? No. How you want, are you? You want, a, you want a stat box here? Yeah, yeah let me give it to you. Stat box. Brittany Griner, eight points. Four for ten shooting, twenty six minutes, five turnovers. She did have nine rebounds. She no, had eight points, eight points enough. and nine rebounds that ain't good in twenty five minutes. You're the biggest player in the league. Yep. Literally, when I saw Brittany Griner go out there last year and get eight rebounds, I was done. Well, she got nine. You still done? Done. This that is a inexcusable performance. Now, granted, I understand the first game. You know, people may not be in shape, things like that. You know, even even seeing like they have a new team, so you know, she's maybe trying to figure out how to work with some of the players. Like even last year, Diana wasn't there. You know, most most of the year, so maybe six games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like maybe they should still be trying to you know figure you know certain things out. But nine rebounds, you can't give me twelve. I'll tell you this, Sylvia Files. Basically had a 2020 double double against the Sun in her game. There's no reason what Sylvia Fowles did, Brittany Griner can't do. Therefore, therefore, I know some people were saying that Brittany Griner was an MVP candidate for 2020. She's already out of my book. You can't start off like this on national. She's already out of the MVP conversation. Take her out. Take her out. out. She is out. She is out of the John. She is out of the John W. Davis MVP conversation. When you get blocked by somebody a foot shorter than you, you are out of the MVP conversation. This was on ABC. LeBron before, man, mid-game. Did did LeBron win MVP that year? I'm pretty sure he did, yes. Are you sure? Yeah, I think that was the year when he had that uh, long game, um, 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 like what twenty six game win streak, and then they mm-hmm. came to Chicago and lost, and they Robinson. But you no 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 wait wait wait, but that's only eleven inches difference because Nate Robinson is five nine, LeBron six eight, so it still worked for my point. If you get blocked by somebody that is a foot shorter than you documented, you cannot be MVP of the league. It happens, but. But my thing in general is I just Pabby, imagine a little kid blocking your shot. He caught me. He came from behind and caught me. It happens. It's a block. It can a block can happen to anybody. My thing is just Brittany Griner for her size and the tools that she has. I just think she should be better. And I think shout out Neca. I think she played great. Um, but this performance, I I I can't rock with that. They shouldn't be out there abusing you like that. Like that move when Neka hit her with the like double spin two times, right? And body like what you what? Right. Fight back! The fact that you were on the court to not only let Neka make eight of eight shots, six of them were inside, and like the shots she was making before those three pointers, for the most part, they were like 
the Post closest up. they were like the closest shots possible though too these were not mid-range jumpers these were not turnarounds it might have been an up and under or something like that they were moves but they were so close that's why neka agumake is the real mvp that's why i wrote that article for winsider why she's a real mvp yes i wrote it because preseason she did all the things as the president of the players union and she is the one that the any player on any team contacts with issues not only is she for her team but 11 other teams imagine the questions she might have been getting from the fever when they weren't even there the fever have only had half the training camp imagine the questions she might have been getting from the atlanta dream when they had two players test positive for coronavirus when they first got there before everybody quarantined imagine everything that she's had to deal with and then she comes out and does that and it was only in 24 minutes yeah no shut out i mean if if that is not an mvp opening day performance i don't know what is yes i know maisha hines allen on the washington mystics scored 27 points yes i know monique billing scored 30 for the dream and both of those teams won i understand that but you got to think about this in totality she did not miss a shot no i mean I don't think and I they and they and yes they were close shots and she made them look easy but i mean one was off the class and then when she's when she made the first five or six inside and then she goes outside and makes two threes at that point i might not even be wanting to shoot threes if i'm making all my shots inside i'll pass up a three if it was me I mean, but to have the have the gall to take a three and make it, and then take another one and make it, I mean, what? The, I, I, mean, I, don't know, I don't think you I don't gotta know what convince. Say. I mean, I don't think you got to convince anybody that's, that you know she had the best performance of um opening weekend. But I don't think I got to convince really, anybody. Really, seeing list it says. I mean, I mean that's. I mean that's I mean that's more so because people will like look at stats and like yeah she scored thirty so like oh she scored thirty points opening weekend but in general I think the Sparks as a team put forward the best performance out of anybody opening out of anybody opening weekend in my right opinion. because because unquestionably unquestionably the Mercury were the best team that anyone beat the first day yeah in theory. On paper, yes. On paper, and definitely by that many. And the best team that NECA, Hines Allen on the Mystics, who she played the Fever, which the Fever only been practicing for like a week, and they still got players who not who not even in the Wubble. So, I mean, like, yes, I love the I love the Mystics, and the Mystics was doing the work. I understand impressive. it, and I want to talk about the Mystics because I really think that there's something to this Mystics offense that they found last year. The fact that I thought they were going to say, oh, Emma Misaman, why don't you do the Deladon things? It was like, nope, Emma Misaman, you just keep doing Emma Misaman things, and we're going to have Maisha Hines Allen try to fill that role. Like, that's that's next-level thinking. Like, that's how you uh, keep continuity, by saying everybody else who was already doing something last year y'all just keep doing what y'all doing and we're gonna have somebody else fill that hole instead of moving pieces around because yes yes they only have one starter from last year 
but I think they just have a very transferable system. I think as long as I, I mean, I don't want to compare it to the Spurs, but kind of like the Spurs or even like compare um, it to the Spurs. I mean, it's it, it, because I th- I think they have a system. I agree. As long as you have smart basketball players, um, and if one they play as a team, they move the ball around. They don't like even though Deladon did do those things last season. It's not like they were completely dependent upon Deladon to play well every night. They weren't completely dependent upon, or, 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 or they didn't get about Deladon too much. No, they weren't away. because Deladon was like, hurt twice last year. Yeah, like they didn't just the sparks get broke De- her nose. Yeah, like they didn't just get about a Deladon and be like, all right, it's, it's not like they play like the Rockets or somebody, you know, when you just like right. get about a hard and like, all right, we're gonna move out of the way and let you know. Like they have a system. They pass the ball around. They more so take the best shot available. And if it happens to be the Don that has the best shot available, okay, cool. And those things transfer. They take the best shot available, and it usually ends up being a three. And and again, and they are making those threes. And again, Ariel, Ariel are going to kill it from three-point line. And again, I don't know why Ariel Powers and Ariel Atkins. They're going to have so many threes. And again, I don't know why more teams don't adopt that style in the W. It 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 behooves me as to why, like Vegas, when I think Vegas didn't didn't Vegas not make a three. They didn't make a three, and they barely took a three in the first half. I I don't I don't really understand why more teams in the W don't adopt the style of shooting three. It behooves me again, like the center almost won. I mean, yeah, but but almost, yeah, almost, but like the centers. Probably actually have a better chance of shooting a higher percentage than even the guards do because they're taller. They do, and that's why it was great to see Zowie B out there pulling I from three. Never forget what she did to the Sparks last year when she had. Well, she shot seven against the storm. Yeah, she shot seven against the storm, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I want to see the number two pick of her draft class go out there and ball. Like, why not? Good, shoot them. Everybody should be shooting them. They literally, I think, the Liberty. Everybody on their roster shoots threes now, like literally everybody. They even have a player named Kia Stokes who before this season had like three career three-point attempts, and she out there shooting threes now. I mean, playing with a player like Sabrina, I think everybody has to – I mean, even though she didn't have the best performance, I mean, but – it, it was okay. It was but, fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I, I think that was, you know, expected. I I, I think with all the hype, the storm came in, like, no, nah, we're going to prove a point today. I don't mm-hmm. know what you're going to do the rest of the season, but you're not doing that today. You know what they, they did? You know what they did? What? Well, first of all, shout out to their interim coach, Gary, because I understand that Gary is kind of like the heart of their defensive mindset. Like, he is a more defensive coach than Dan Hughes. So they're really going to focus on that. And they treated Sabrina Ionescu with the ultimate respect, which is a trap. They trapped her and she had to get a ball up and it worked. It's exactly what they told me that they would do against Chelsea Gray in the series. They're like, we're just going to trap her. Like, we're not going to sit here and let her ISO and and take us to the hole and do all this stuff that we know she can do. Like, no, we're going to trap you, make you give the ball to Lasia Clarendon. And we know that Lasia Clarendon is not necessarily – a superb outside shooter. So we're going to disrupt the offense. And that's what they did. Also, real quick. And, and Kia Nurse was out. Yeah, she, she got her. Also, real quick, Brianna Stewart off the Achilles looked great. Yes, she did. Off the Achilles, she, did. She, looked, she looked like she uh, didn't even get hurt. Like, Sue okay. Bird looked very nice, too. Sue Bird, Sue Bird looked uh, well, too. I guess just, just, just like all in all. I, 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 but this is even why I say, like, I think that this year is possibly the most important year in WNBA history. 
Um, for one, it is I, like there's not much else on TV in general. We with ESPN picking up all these games. Like I, I don't think the game has ever been showcased the way it is right now. And then you know, even when you um, I, I, I also think it's historic. You know, even with them having a Brianna Taylor, you know, on the um back of the jerseys and just having you know, um, those moments be chronicalized in history, more so yes. in literally history. Um, because this is all a part of the movement and you know social unrest that's that's you know been um going on. And also, I want to commend the players. Um, I've actually been wanting to, to um, ask them this question, but, you know, this isn't just a league where it's just black players. Obviously. Like we have, you know, white it's 80, players. It's 80% black though. 80%, but still there's that other 20%. So right. I also think that this is a microcosm for like society and so that like, yo, we can all work together and we can all come behind certain issues and really showing that, you know, uh, injustice for one is uh, injustice for all. That's true. And that's exactly why Neka Agumake and Sue Bird just co-authored a opinion article this morning they just did an op-ed and they just talked about exactly what you talked about saying that we are a microcosm of the nation we have stood up before we will continue to stand up and that unequivocally unequivocally the 2020 WNBA season is about social justice Good. like like that was the quote that stuck with me from chelsea gray Candace Parker and Neka Gumake in the post game after they win by 23, up by 30, and dismantle and blow out the Phoenix Mercury. They're telling me that this is bigger than basketball. For and again, shout out to Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray didn't even answer my basketball question. And I'm fine with it. Yeah. It did not offend me that she didn't want to talk about basketball in that game. Yeah, I could have talked to her about, oh, how did it feel to only play 20 minutes, but you still had 13 points and seven assists? But you know what? I've watched enough Sparks games where I kind of know what she's going to say, and I can analyze that myself for a game. If she wants to tell me that as a 27-year-old woman that her and Breonna Taylor are essentially the same age, Breonna Taylor was killed when she was 26 years old, and she tells me that that could have been me a year ago in my apartment when I was 26. I'd rather hear that than anything else and you know it's like also our job as you know reporters especially you know um, african-american reporters to keep the conversation going you know mm-hmm. to keep asking the questions so that they can answer it so they like they don't have to you know like try to you know switch everything back like no nah, let's ask them about it and and and, and 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 um continue to ask them about it and again shout out them for the way that they're handling this this situation obviously this lead has nothing new to them you know even mm-hmm. i think if i'm not mistaken when the eric garner situation happened didn't the players get fined wearing the, um, they I did they did and it was the minnesota lynx and yeah. one of the main players on the lynx back then who's now in the sparks now shout out to simone augustus she was oh, one God. of the main players who stood up and said we're not gonna take this we're going to stand up and they wore i can't breathe shirts and they did get fined by the league right. fine, which was eventually you. rescinded so they didn't have to pay the fine but yes they got in trouble for it but they didn't care but, but it's still like them getting fined as opposed to NBA players getting fined, two different concepts. Like they not making the same type of money. So them putting those shirts on and 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 not caring about the repercussions to me says a lot. So mm-hmm. I just want to commend these women for the work that they've been doing and 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 the work that it seems like they will continue to do um all season. And for me, it's just cool to see everybody of all races working together within this league to make this season happen the way it's happening. And for them and for the lead to not block them from their voices being heard or like try to combat their voices being mm-hmm. heard and them letting yeah. them do what they want to do the way that they want to do it. The league sounds like they are 
literally listening to the social justice council that the league has. Lasia Clarington on the Liberty is leading that. One of the key members on there is Tierra Ruffin Pratt, who we yeah. both have talked to, who has experienced police violence in her family. Her best friend, her cousin, born a month and a day apart, was murdered by a police or murdered by a sheriff's deputy. And this was the night that she learned she made the Mystics as an undrafted free agent. This was Tebow's first season. And he identified her and said, you know, I want you to play for the hometown team because she's from Alexandria, Virginia. She's from down the road where yeah. they played. I mean, she went to T.C. Williams. Remember the Titans. I mean, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a person who was ingrained in the D.C. community. And then that happened the night she learned she makes the team. So that has always stuck with her. And so it's important for somebody who, because most of the time when we think of TRP, we think of a soft-spoken person. You don't necessarily think of her as somebody who is, is very vocal or just outspoken, but she speaks up when it's necessary. And they are also giving them different ways to speak up too. Yeah. Like if she doesn't want to, you know, be the one to talk all the time every day and be outspoken and she doesn't even have a Twitter, so she's not going to tweet about it a lot. And yeah, she may Instagram a few things, but having her voice on the social justice council. And then when they implement something that goes across the league, that's a, her way of speaking out. Like you don't have to necessarily use your vocal voice to speak out. Yeah, there's definitely different ways of being active. Um, you know, everybody isn't meant to get up there and write long soliloquies to the world and mm -hmm. give speeches. That's not everybody's job. Some people's job is to, you know, go do the research and bring it to other people who they can talk. Some people's jobs, like you said, sit in meetings and think about ideas. You know, there's many ways to get things done. Like just because somebody isn't typing long posts and posting it up doesn't mean one, they don't care. And doesn't mean that two, you know, they aren't being active. Um, so yeah, like I said, I want to commend all the women for the work that they've been doing so far. And I think it's really personally cool to see. And especially with the eye, but I don't like, again, even like the hoodie being the, the what, what was the, the highest selling hoodie? The orange, yeah, the, the orange, orange hoodie. hoodie. Basically the women's were sold out and the men's were getting close to it. That's my yeah. understanding. So, so just, I don't, I don't, I don't ever think that there's been this many eyeballs um, on the league. And, and, and again, like even, I know TBJ had um, asked uh, Doc about this, Doc Rivers, and, and he mm -hmm. was like, well, it's like amazing how far the game has come because I, what the, the, the basketball play has always been great. But now you get to the point where you have recognizable personalities. And I think that that's what takes the game to, well, well, well what will take the game to the next level, that these women are recognizable personalities. People mm -hmm. know these women for them being them. Right. And that's why they built into the new CBA that these elite players don't necessarily have to go overseas and make that big bag. So because we asked somebody asked Chelsea Gray, what does she think of when she thinks of overseas? And she was like, oh, getting that money. You know what I'm saying? That big like so like that is the primary reason you go over there. So if that can be supplemented where you take Chelsea Gray's essentially two hundred thousand dollar contract and then you give her the extra hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand for being an ambassador. Well, between that and some other things she's doing, she can stay at home. And get a half a million dollars instead yeah. of having to go over there and and make it in in Turkey or Spain or wherever she ends up playing. And what that does is it opens it it allows you to like 
promote the game. You're not stuck over in promote the game, and it allows for player development. That too. They are at home improving. Another way to improve the WNBA is to continue to improve the play. The better the players get, the better the league is going to get. And I think it's getting a lot better. Like even that layup Brittany Sykes had was was a crazy move. You know, you you, you know the layup I'm talking about was a crazy move. Like right. I. I personally, to me, I think the play consistently gets better every year. Like again, and, and again, that's which is why I was happy in in a certain sense of happening. Mean, obviously, I want the Sparks to win, but I was happy the Mystics won the way they won last year because again, I think that it it, it will influence. I think that eventually, if this style is consistently, you know, um, successful, like let's say they, I mean, I don't know about get back to the finals, but let's say they make a finals push. Who the. Uh, the uh, um, Mystics, um, yeah, like okay. let's say that they make a finals push or something mm-hmm. like that with the way they playing, it seems transferable. If 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 they gonna shoot teams out the gym, and especially if teams like Vegas not even shooting threes, you're right. gonna have to shoot to compete with them. That's why I said, everybody back. That's why I said, I would never want to see the Mystics in a single elimination playoff game. If they get hot, who knows, right? They get hot, they got like a 75% chance of beating you. If they can shoot like that, because they scored ninety some points through yeah. three quarters, yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah, it was. They wild. basically had ninety through three quarters, and then they just shut it down. It was wild, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ninety through three quarters. They bludgeoned them, and I wild. know the Fever didn't have Lauren Cox, their number three draft pick. I know that Erica Wheeler's not there, the all-star MVP. I know that the players are working themselves back into shape. I even know that they have a new coach. And you got to think about it like this. The coach of the Fever was the assistant coach of the Mystics last year, Marianne Stanley. She knew exactly what they were going to do. And they still got Molly whopped. Yeah. Like the other coach knew exactly what they were going to do. She helped strategize the system. Yeah. But, but I wanna, I wanna, I wanna bring it back to the, the uh, Sparks um, a little bit. Some players I wanna, you know, talk about. Okay. Um, one thing I wanna talk about is um, rotations. Um, mm. Do you like the starting lineup? Do you think that any changes need need to be made to the starting lineup? I'm glad you brought it up. I personally like the starting lineup with this caveat. I like the way Raquana Williams played. I like the fact that she wasn't looking for her shot. The whole time. Yes, she still had nine shots. Yes, she still shot the ball, but she was actually rotating the ball. She was passing. She was looking for others. She played selfless. And that's how I identified her staying in the starting lineup. She played selfless. I also like the fact that Simone Augustus was playing against second team players. I did love that. Like, if you're going to give Simone Augustus her mid range jumper, that's 10 points every night. That's five buckets every night. If you're going to just allow her to come and pull up and shoot, that is five shots she will make every night. And yes, she went six for six. She made all her shots, but like that's that's great if you can have that. Now I can see a day. I can see a day when Brittany Sykes is in the starting lineup, though. Now I won't tell you who won't be in it, but I could see a I could see a day when you just decide because we talked to Derek Fisher about that on Monday, and he was saying that you know that was the great thing about bringing Brittany Sykes is we're bringing another player in who is willing to take the challenge of guarding the best 
person on offense to take the toughest defensive assignment. Imagine if you had Brittany Sykes and TRP starting the game. I mean, together. In my that defense to get like they played together during this during the the big run. I, I think that would be good to have those two play together. I mean, you see, personal, you see my you see my Syracuse thing right there. Um, in my personal opinion, I don't like Raquana in the um starting lineup, but I never have. It's not that I don't think she can start. It's just that when I build starting lineups, like I like to have two people who just do something completely different. Um, and I also like Raquana coming in and just worrying about scoring the ball. And I think that if you put Raquana and Simone Augustus, not many teams have that firepower coming off the bench. So I think starting, I would like to see a Sydney Weiss or like to see a Brittany Sykes starting because I think that you, because because I just think that starting between Chelsea Gray, Candice, and Neca, you have enough scoring. I just think that you have enough scoring starting. You do, but I but I like Raquana Williams. Ability to stretch the floor, though, like we know that she can shoot the three. So yeah, I'm, a, I'm. If if the rotation is going to be expansive, and you're going to let people play, especially the first few weeks of the season, I'm fine with Raquana starting because everybody, everybody basically played the same amount of minutes. It didn't really matter. I, yeah, she started, but, but it didn't really matter when it yeah, came down to I, it. I just, I, I'm just never the fan of players like Raquana starting, starting. Like to me, she's like a Jamal Crawford, Lou Will. I don't want that starting. I want it off my bench. You come in. I'm you with you, but 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 think about Simone Augustus against second team. That's what. Think about Simone she and just, Raquana against second team. What? Who has that coming off the bench? That might be too much, though. No, it ain't. Who because has I, that coming off the bench? No, because I like I liked Simone being the primary scorer off the bench. Instead of I Raquana, did. I would rather have Simone be my primary bench scorer than Raquana. I mean, I think that that's a situation kind of like it's like a option one or like option B. I don't think it's any. I think it just depends on like the play. Because did like, we? Because did we ever have? Did we ever really have like? How did it look when it was Lou Will and Jamal Crawford together in the game at the same time? They never played together at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. No, 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 but no, no. I don't think they were even on the team at the um same time. I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. I just don't see it. But but same time you I mean I not 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 saying that you know like any of these play like Trez but you got Lou and Lou Lou and Trez coming out of the bench same time that happens yeah but that's a that, dynamic duo I think Raquan and Simone could be the same thing because I don't think two people teams have two defenders on the bench that can guard both of them and they don't play the exact same position they don't play the exact I think they don't play the exact same but then you also gotta account for Taya Cooper like, but. I like you need some time for that, so but but so that's that's why I'm I'm fine with it with the way it is and and if you want to just go off regular seasons, so with that same starting lineup with Raquana in it, they were essentially like when Raquana started last year, she was eleven and three as a starter. Now she's one and zero as a starter. Like she's not really losing games as a starter, nah, so it know. must be okay. It I must know. be okay. Like it could probably be, be be better, but like, how much better you're gonna be than losing three out of sixteen games? Can't argue with that. It's just stylistically, I usually prefer. Not again. Not saying she can't start. I would just usually. And and Raquana was the one who ended up playing the most minutes. Raquana, if I'm not mistaken, Raquana was the one that played 29 minutes, and she ended up playing with the starters and with the bench. So she was able to have that dual role. She was able to have that dual role. Yeah, I think that can happen regardless, which is why I would have just brought out the bench. She can she can still play the most minutes. Um, but 
But going back to Taya, um, I like what Taya brings to the game. Now, obviously, I think she got to get more settled in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that she gives them what they didn't have last year, which was a backup point guard. Like last mm-hmm. year, I don't think they had an actual backup point guard. To me, Taya is a legitimate. She's the actual point guard. She's she's a floor general, and I think eventually, as she as she gets more comfortable, you can trust her to run an offense. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she'll come in and like give up eight and like ten point run. That's really all you want for your backup yeah. point. If Taya Cooper, the game. if Taya Cooper gets to the halfway point of the season, and she's still playing like this, they're going to have to make room for her in the future. They're going to have to have her on the team next year. I don't know how that happens. And if we want, we could take a take some time to really analyze what it looks like next year. But I'd have to figure out how to keep her on the team. I also think brand-wise, she's also a fit in um Because even with Christy Tolliver and Chelsea Gray starting, it still would be nice to have that Taylor Cooper style off the bench. Yeah, I mean. No, it sure no, would I'm, be nice. I, I, I just – I just think you always need a backup point guard that can steady the game. Mm-hmm. Like, come in and don't – if we had – I've said it mad times before. If we had an eight-point lead, don't let my starters check back in with a two-point lead. Mm-hmm. If we were down four, don't let me check back in and we down 12. And that's exactly what they did. So if you win the third quarter by 22 points and you only lose the fourth quarter by a three-point difference – you did your job. You did your job. Like, yeah, don't. Like, I'm not not saying that you got to beat the other team when we're up by a lot. But just don't let the lead go from when they were up 29 to last year and it got down to like two or four. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, again, things like that happen when you don't have a point guard because you don't have somebody mm-hmm. like, okay, let's run a play right now. We're mm-hmm. playing too fast. We gave up two buggies. Let's slow it down, run a play. You need a shot. You need a shot. You need a shot. And I think Taya can do that. And the other great thing about it is, is they still had Sidney Weiss play a small amount of point guard. They had Candace Parker bringing the ball up the court. They even had Simone doing it. They have so many people now who are now empowered to initiate this offense. I agree. And they didn't have that last year. Like Elena Beard was not initiating the offense when she played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who else was on this? Marina I guess Marina did, but Marina wasn't playing. Marina, much. She wasn't even dribbling with her left hand. Right. No. She wasn't playing. Yeah. And then when she was, she wasn't dribbling with her left hand. Shout out Marina, but she wasn't. They weren't even really having Raquana do it. And Raquana missed 10 games last year. Yeah. They didn't, so, they, didn't they they literally had no backup point guard. Like they had a whole bunch of bigs and they were great at that, but they had mm-hmm. no actual backup point guard to come. They that's why Chelsea was playing 40 minutes because they actually needed her to stay in the game. It had mm-hmm. nobody else who could do it. Like, okay, at least, okay, we, we know. Well, she, she still didn't need to play 40 minutes. I don't care what anybody says. She still didn't need to play 40 minutes. You could have found I want to put that on record. You, like, could have found some time for her to sit down, but same time, I understand how They still happened. had Alexis Jones. Like, she could have went out there and dribbled yeah, the ball. Hurt, though. Remember yeah, but she did, she eventually came back from her knee, and then she cooked that one game and had, like, 17. Like, she could have dribbled happen. the ball. That did happen. So, like. That that was a I don't know if that was a, a trust and fitness thing or what that was. She's not on the team now, so I mean it's really no point of getting too deep into it. But I want to see how Derek Fisher does, and you brought this point up to me. I want to see how he does with the rotations in a closer game because it was easy to only play. Chelsea 20 minutes in this game. And it was easy to only play TRP about 15 minutes 
and Raquana less than 30 and NECA 24 and Candace 21. It was easy to do that in this game because once they took care of business in the third quarter, the game was essentially over if they could just match the other team on offense. I think that Tuesday will get a feel. I don't know okay. if they come on here and run over Chicago like that. But again, I don't know if Diamond, I don't know how many minutes Diamond gonna be playing. That's 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 also another mm-hmm. question mark. But I still think they're gonna come in and like run over Chicago like no. that. I mean, if they come in and they run over Chicago, then we the whole league the whole league is really gonna have a problem. Yeah, I agree. Because at that point, there would only be like a couple teams that could hang with them, maybe a hot shooting mystics, and then the storm because they're the storm. Yeah. And and at that point, it would just be that. It would literally be down to making sure that you don't get in a single elimination game against a hot shooting mystics and then figuring out what you got to do if you match up, match up against the storm in the playoffs. Okay. So question at one game after one game. So, you know, as much as you can see in one game, what do you think is further along the offense or the defense for the Sparks? I think the defense is further along because it was consistent effort. They never really got down. They weren't really ever down by a lot. And then when it came for that third quarter lock-in adjustment, like it was the defense. Yes, they scored a lot of points, but the Mercury could have been scoring, but they weren't. They weren't. So it was that. Like a good basketball player or a professional basketball player of any level can pretty much always score. Yeah, facts. You can always essentially make a layup. Your layup is never really going to be broke. If you're a post player, you can. If you're a post player, you can pretty much always make a, you know, an inside shot. But the fact that the defensive effort was consistent and that it was constant, that was the most important thing to me was seeing that. I'm and that's you, what that's. What Derek Fisher told you, he told you that, like, we want to hang our hat on defense. I'm with you. I mean, the one thing that stuck out to me uh, was the communication. Like, even I'm listening to the – I mean, because communication was something that he was harping on last year all the time. We got to communicate, 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 communicate. Mm-hmm. This year, well, at least it's just in granted, it's one game. Right. But still, I didn't – there was never a time it went, in which it was a dull moment as far as them talking on the court. Right. I always heard somebody saying something defensively. That's and that's the benefit of experience, man. That's what I'm telling you. That's the benefit of health and experience. When you only have one rookie on the team and the rookie has shown that she wants to play defense, that means you literally have all 12 players playing defense. And then the one player who didn't even play, Marie Gulich, she's a two-time defensive player of the year for the Pac-12. You know she's going to play. De- if she doesn't do anything else, she's going to play defense when she gets a chance to play. Yeah. My thing in general is it's just again from watching the team all that year, watching every game, they just looked, in my humble opinion, more comfortable in that game than they probably looked at more comfortable than they probably looked at any point in time last year. Like I felt like everybody walked out there and they knew what fish expected out of them, and fish knew what to expect out of them as well. Well, that's what happens when Candace Parker don't get hurt with a couple minutes into preseason. And she can actually play out there. And Chelsea Gray doesn't have to be a 38 out of 40 minute ball dominant guard. And that she can pick her spots. And she barely had to go ISO. That was the great thing about it too on offense. Like they barely had to go ISO. So that's a whole nother element that you can get into when things get tough.
they don't really have to this year. They have too much scoring. Last year, they didn't have anywhere near as much scoring as they do this year. Yeah, but there's going to come a point when you get the certain matchup, you're going to want to ISO Gray or I mean, you're going to want to ISO Augustus. Yes, like, yes. Or you might yes. even want to ISO Parker. Yes, like Candace, again, I remember last year, like Candace Parker, just kind of like she did this year, she cooked the Mercury because she was being guarded by Brianna Turner. She was being guarded by a rookie, and she just took advantage of her. Like yeah. there's going to be opportunities for Candace Parker to be guarded by rookies. Let's say she's playing the Fever and she's being guarded by Lauren Cox. Like no offense to Lauren Cox, but Candace Parker, she's gonna have some tricks up her sleeve. I'm with you, but what or I'm the, trying to or say, the Liberty? Yeah, I'm like. With you. I'm with you, but even what I'm like trying to say is like even when you do have those moments, you have so many more options, and she don't have to just get a ball to kill you. She got to pound the ball into the floor for four possessions. Okay, I had to do that this year. Like if you want to do an ISO possession, which obviously I, I, basketball in general usually comes back to isolation at some point. Mm-hmm. When you when you get later on, everybody know everybody plays them little roles coming out. It's not gonna work. Somebody had to line up against somebody else and get a bucket. But now right. you can give it to Chelsea. You can give it to Simone. You can give it to Raquana. You can give it to Candace. You can give it to NECA. You can mm-hmm. give it to about five different options and trust that, hey, we can probably get a bucket, a skilled bucket from probably anywhere on the court that we wanted. If we, you know, hey, look, you know, we think we got a, uh, a, a um advantage in the, um, um, in the uh, post. Mm-hmm. I like going to Chelsea in the post. I love going to Chelsea in the post because yeah. she's bigger than most cards. Yeah. But I, I wish like, you, I wish you could get it more. I mean, I, I shout you out on Twitter a lot because you're right. Anytime she gets down there, and that's why her her really short shots are so good because it's almost like post related. Yeah, and like you probably have to double, or you can give it to Neca. You can give it to Candace pretty much anywhere. You can give it to Simone and trust you get a skill bucket in the um, mid range. And if Raquana is hot, give her the ball and move out her way. Right. I know Raquana only had a few points in this game. She only made two shots, but there's going to come a time when Raquana's hot and then it's just going to be like, here go the ball, babe. <laughs> and then, like, she going to have 20 or 30 points. So, because if because if Monique Billings can score 30 points and Maisha Hines Allen can score 27 points, so can Raquana Williams at some point this season. So, so again, like, I, 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 I just think that this team is a little bit better constructed than um, the team um, last year. And I think that really what they need to just harp on consistently is defense. They're mm-hmm. going to score points. Like right. there's no way with those players you're you're going to score points. But if Kent, excuse me, if Candace is going to continue to set that defensive example that she set in that game consistently throughout the year, I think that permeates throughout the whole team. And if you have a player like NECA, Def- who will probably always be in a defensive player of the year conversation right next to you. And even you mentioned, you got, you know, Marie Gulich off the bench. You got Brittany Sykes. She can, you know, defend. Raquana will get up in you. You got TRP. Chelsea will play some defense. Taya will play some defense. As long as I think they come into it with a defensive mindset to say, hey, we want to guard you every game, I think that they'll be just fine against pretty much anybody. And this is an example of why I want Candace Parker to play 25 minutes a game. Because look at how effective she was in her 21 minutes. There was no lapse in effort. There was no lapse in energy. She didn't get too tired. And they still had minutes available for crunch time in the fourth quarter if it was necessary. They could have pulled her back a little bit more in the third and given her the time she needed to finish the game in the fourth. And it would have been 25, 26 minutes of peak Candace Parker. I agree. I don't, I don't, I, I think you, I think you said it at first and I was like, eh, but 20, 25 to 30, like she really probably shouldn't, I mean, especially at her age, she probably, you got two, you got too many other players who are going to present 
effort to play Candace Parker 30 minutes in the regular season. Now yeah. playoffs, you do whatever yeah. you got to do to win the game. But yeah, you're right. Like, from, but you, but you, but look at Christina Nigway. Like, look how active she is. Yeah, and like, no, she, and she's a a she's a solid six four. She's not like a six four hundred and forty pounds like Dewana Bonner. She's a solidly built six. Yes. Okay. Did not know that. Yes. Did not know that's what, I had no idea. That's okay. what she's listed at. Right. That's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation. No idea, but okay. Yeah. And she's had children before. Shout out her metabolism. Right. So, yeah, she's back to that. But I, I don't know, man. I, I think the first game was better than expected. Now, obviously, every single game cannot go like this. I think playing against the sky is a big test, even without a totally healthy Diamond to Shields. Because the Sky now have Azure Stevens. They have a really active big who I think has just a little bit more to her game than a Stu do. And so, like, Stevens, for some reason, when the Aces were playing them, they were like, we're not going to guard her when she was at the three-point line. And she made a couple threes. Yeah, but so like, so, like, that's going to stretch. I'm, I'm just saying that regardless of Diamond's level of output that's still a challenging team to play oh for sure but i personally think the sky are honestly a championship contender if 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 like all things go well but diamond got to be healthy for that if diamond isn't healthy for that they'll be a challenging team but they right achieve the things that they want to I, um, I agree with that that's fair i mean it all it all surrounds her it all goes around her it all goes around her here let me get your opinion on this real quick before we get out of here so as you know, I do articles for Winsider, and I thought this was interesting. So I didn't do this article, but there was a Winsider coaches poll. And so I want to ask you just a couple of these questions. Okay. So apparently they asked the coaches. They said, okay. Okay, who will win the most valuable player award? Six people said Brittany Griner, five said Brianna Stewart, and one said Neka Gomeke. What do you think about that? I think that throw Diamond in there if she's healthy. And then the next question was, who will win Rookie of the Year award? Five people said Sabrina, four people said Kennedy Carter, and three people said Satu Sabali. I don't hate that because Kennedy Carter, she gonna get a lot of attempts, and she can ball too. Oh my goodness, so ball. many attempts! I watched a little bit of that. Well, I watched the whole game, and I personally thought it was way too much, just like ISO Carter and just letting her do whatever she wanted. But I understand it. Uh, it, it, it worked, and I understand she's a franchise, but I think that she's going to have to – she's going to have to take a little step back for the team to move forward when Courtney Williams Courtney, comes yeah, back. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit interesting because, like, yeah. Courtney's not just going to stand there and watch nah. Kennedy no. dribble. That's no. not going to – Courtney's going to want to dribble too. She's not going to no. stand there and just watch Cause, Kennedy. Because everything that Kennedy Carter was doing, Courtney Williams can do all that crap too. Yeah, she didn't come there to just stand there and watch her dribble. So that's going to be a little bit interesting. But Because neither one of them there, are just a straight point guard. Yeah, but until she get there, she's going to have a lot of attention. Yeah. Now, apparently she is in the wobble now, but now she has to quarantine. Yeah. So if yeah. she's there, she continues to be healthy, and she feels good a couple weeks from now, then she'll be on the court about halfway through the season. All right, here's the next question. This is a, girl, this is a good one. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the W, who would it be? Nine people said Brianna Stewart. 
One said Neka Agumake, one said Asia Wilson, and one said Courtney Vandersloot. Oh, and I must say that the coaches were asked not to pick their own players. Um, I like to bring out so Stewart. apparently James Wade did not pick Courtney Vandersloot, which like he probably the, would have. Brianna Stewart pick. I think my three would be if I was starting a franchise today. Uh, my three would probably be Brianna Stewart, Diamond Shields, Sabrina. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that's fair. A um, couple weeks from now, it may be Kennedy Carter if Atlanta if Atlanta are four and two after the first I'm six days. Going, I'm just yeah. saying Sabrina because like she's gonna sell me some jerseys as well, and I'm also thinking like who gonna put people in the stands? Sabrina gonna that's sell true. me some products. No, she definitely is. She definitely is. All right, so here's a really good one. There was a lot of different answers for this one. Which player is closest to winning their first MVP? Three said Diamond DeShields. Three said Asia Wilson. Two said Nafisa Collier. Two said Brittany Griner. One said Chelsea Gray. And one again said Courtney Vandersloot. So Courtney Vandersloot really has a fan of one of these coaches. I don't know who it is, though. I don't know who it is, though. They love her. Somebody uh, loves Courtney Vandersloot. I, I mean, she, Courtney Vandersloot is not about to get no Steve Nash MVPs. Just yeah. for your reference, whoever that coach is. That's not going to happen. With all these players in the league, I don't care how many assists you get because – Half the assists will be the Diamond the Shields, and then Diamond yeah. the Shields will be looking better. Yeah, that's the, that's the. It's issue. like the Candace Parker conundrum. Neko yeah. Gumake or Chelsea Gray, like all three of them are so great that nobody can rise above. Yeah, um, statistically, but I do the first two. I think Asia and Diamond are probably the closest. Um, I think Nafisha is probably right in line after that. Um, Brittany, whatever. I'm off Brittany until she performs a little bit better. Are you ready to join my bandwagon that Brittany Griner has no chance of winning the 2020 WNBA MVP? No chance. I'm not going to say no chance, but how many but, more games do you need to see but, but, to be but, on my bandwagon? But, but no, I also think what will hurt Brittany Griner is her teammates. You play with Diana Taurasi and you play with Skylar Diggins. That's true. I mean, so that's the same. That's the same thing for Candace Parker and Chelsea Gray. So if you are having a good season, that means probably one of them is also having a good season. That means but, I'm taking votes away from you. But that's the thing, though. If there is one player that can rise above a big three like that for the Sparks, it's Neka Agumake. Like, Neka Agumake could somehow rise above Chelsea Gray and Candace Parker, even if they both had all WNBA-level seasons, and still win MVP. I think the same could be said for Brittany Griner if Brittany Griner was going to get out there and rebound. But she's not going to rebound. Like if Brittany Griner had Sylvia Fowles stats in the first game, they would be like Brittany Griner for MVP. Nobody is saying Sylvia Fowles for MVP and she damn near had a 2020. <laughs> oh, no. If Brittany Griner just would average 12 rebounds, she probably would want MVP already. True. But she just don't rebound. Okay. Let me see. And got two more questions. Which player is the best leader? 11 people said Sue Bird and one said Neka Agumake. You already know my answer. I'm going to say Neka. Just because me too. All the things I think she has to deal with in general, right? Um, right. Like, how, like you, like people don't realize that what she's doing as the player union rep, or not the rep, the player union president. Like, this was a job that Derek Fisher had when he was much older in the league, when he wasn't asked to do as much. And then, remember the one time when one of the main guys was Roger Mason Jr. What was Roger Mason Jr. doing on the court? They probably kept my man in the league to run the players' union. Real quick, though, Roger Mason did have some decent years with the Spurs. Don't do that. Roger did have some decent years with the Roger Spurs. Mason Jr. Roger was in the league to run the players' union. Roger Mason did have some decent years. Roger Mason Jr. was kept in the league to help run the players' union. 
this was Hoops and Rules, that would definitely be an episode name of Hoops and Rules. Roger Mason was kept in the league to run the Players Union. Well, you know what? I might have to come on the show and bring it back up because I want to know what TPJ has to say. I want to know what you have to say in the comment section as well. We appreciate you for watching the show. Let me get into this last question before we get out of here. Oh, man, there's a lot of answers on this one. Who is the most underrated player in the league? Three answers for Alicia Clark. And then everybody else was tied at one. And it was Dewana Bonner, Jordan Canada, Chelsea Gray, De'Erica Hamby, Natasha Howard, Jewel Lloyd, Allie Quigley, Alyssa Thomas, and Courtney Vandersloot. Again, Courtney Vandersloot, you got Courtney Vandersloot. You might, you might have a future on another team if you don't end up on the Chicago sky, because you got a coach that loves you. Um, <laughs> I'ma still say diamond. I'ma honestly still say diamond. I still think she's underrated. I still think she's like. One of the better kept secrets. I'm gonna still say Diamond. On this list, she's not on that list, but I'm I know. No, 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 no. I know, I know. Well, okay. If you want to say Diamond and she's not on the list, then let me say John Quill Jones. She's not even playing in the league this season, but she's not on the list either. I'm gonna go with John Quill. I don't think she's underrated. I don't think that's what she did last year. I don't. I don't. I don't think she's underrated. Man, all right. So you telling me that if John Quill Jones wasn't playing in that first game. You saw what Sylvia Files literally did to that team. She basically had 20 and 20. You telling me that John Quill Jones wouldn't have matched that with a 2020? Yeah, but that's why I don't think she's underrated though. I don't, I don't yeah, think but yeah, but nobody is nobody's really checking for her for no 2020s but me. I mean, because she like she, I'm the only one that's saying she could have averaged 15 rebounds for the whole season. I haven't heard anybody else say that. Because she's not playing this year. I don't think she's underrated though. I don't think John Quill underrated. I, don't I think, think she's. I think she's got a lot more to her game than we think though, man. She can literally shoot like no, seven. She can, she can literally. She can literally shoot eight threes a game. Take about ten inside shots. Get to the free throw line. She can literally take like twenty five some shots in a game, and it wouldn't be forced. No, if she was playing right now, she would arguably be the best player in the league. Arguably, if she was playing right now, arguably be the best player in the league. Yeah, hands down, arguably. Now, you some if the other people in that title contention for that, but she would arguably be, be the best player in the um, league right now. Then I guess if I had to pick one on the list, then I would pick Alyssa Thomas because That's man, fair. she's freight trained and like she does not stop. The shoulders are still the same, still got the torn. The free throw shot is still horrible, but everything else in the game is working. Like the fact that you can play with two torn labrums and you can. You can lead your team in assists when you're playing with Jasmine Thomas, and you can basically be one of the leading rebounders and one of the leading scorers. I mean, she is everything on that team. Yeah, Alicia, please. I mean, not not Alicia. Alyssa, please fix your shoulders, please. You would even you would, do it. you would you would go to an even higher level if you fix your shoulders. She's not gonna do it, bro. Bro, she she like my man Wolf of Wall Street. They said fix her shoulders. She thought about it. I'm and then leaving. she looked at the team and she said, I'm not going. I'm not leaving. <laughs> she she doesn't want to miss. She does not want to miss an ounce of basketball. I respect it. You only got so long to play, so I respect it. She can fix them when she's done, I guess. But yeah. all right, y'all. I appreciate you watching the Spark Report. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, John W. Davis. You can also find my articles at winsider.com. Where can we find you, pal? 
uh, at Pappy World on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Hoops and Brews, Hoops in Brews, and uh, Paverve.com, P-A-Verve.com. All right, y'all. It's been the Spark Report with Pavy and John W. Davis. Peace. <laughs>